love, mercy, forgiveness, justice, truth. 60 seconds of this podcast will change your life forever. I welcome you all back for the second episode of the People's Voice Podcast. I thank you all for your support and apologize for the delay in episodes. With that said, I am your host, Bruce, a.k.a. Zeus Hudson. This episode I titled The People's War on Drugs. Before I start, I'd like to dedicate this episode to Rick, also known as Jack Frost or Jester, who died this year in a car wreck after falling to sleep behind the wheel of his car. Rick was my brother. He was a part of the gang I used to be in, and for many years I watched him battle drug addiction. May he now rest in peace. I would also like to dedicate this to Patricia and her son Thad, who battled lifelong medical issues that I believe caused him to want to self-medicate with illegal drugs, and may he rest in peace. Last, I dedicate this episode to the countless victims of the drug trade and to everyone that has been affected by drugs. At least here, at last here is your grounds for the defense against the drug trade. Due to the controversy of this episode, I plan to present to you this case as a jury court case. Picture yourself as the jury, and I am the lawyer in the courtroom. I will have an opening statement. Then I will present exhibits of evidence based on facts. I will cross-examine the truth and file motions to suppress biased lies, which will enforce reality in the courtroom of your mind. In the end, I will have my closing arguments while setting grounds for an appeal to your humanity and morals. Then I will conclude with a prayer to my God for justice. Now, without any further delay, here is my opening statement. You may agree or disagree with what I'm about to say, but at least give me a chance before objecting. Gluttoning, recreational use, to cloud a man's judgment, or excessive use of anything, especially medications or drugs, whether legal or illegal, is a bad choice, religiously wrong, and morally incorrect. And in no way do I support this. However, I am a supporter of a man possessing, obtaining, and using any drug, whether legal or illegal, as long as that person is treating a medical issue. I personally have no problem with it. I do, however have a serious problem with international enemies of America being allowed to send drugs into America. Big Pharma being allowed to keep people dependent on medications for financial gain, never working towards a cure while draining the people's bank accounts. Or secret societies financing and influencing government to use drugs to create poisons biological warfare weapons, starting epidemics and pandemics like COVID to control and destroy groups of people. I also have problems with American government and politics allowing drugs to come into our country, then creating a system that makes possession of the same drugs they allowed in illegal, then taxing the people to create a beastly system that robs, steals, kills, and enslaves along with imprisons or destroys the families of the same people it takes all behind the drug they allowed in. It's really sad that I'm 37 years old, but for 18 years of my life, I sold or manufactured meth, heroin, and crack. In 2017, I was set up, robbed, gunned down by addicts that knew I had large amounts of drugs and money. This robbery left me paralyzed. Despite such a tragic situation, I forgave them and tried to get them as much mercy in the courtrooms as I could. I did this because I understood the system was to blame. 
The drug trade has no respect of man. You see, it destroys man and woman. It doesn't care if you're gay or straight. It destroys both the young and the old, the strong and the weak. It murders the fool and the wise man alike, the rich and the poor. And this may surprise you, but it destroys both the lives of the dealer and the addict, the family and the community. So everyone at this point has the right to be pissed off. Whether or not if you believe in God, if you have ever had any dealings in the drug trade, you know the devil exists. When I gave my life to God, I realized for too long I have stood by and witnessed it steal the souls of man. I watched a son steal from his father for drugs. I watched mothers and fathers and children's and children abuse, abandon, and destroy their families for drugs. I watched men and women sell their bodies for drugs. I witnessed best friends become enemies, soulmates, soulmates destroy each other's souls for drugs. I've seen good, honest people become liars, cheaters, and thieves for drugs. Worst of all, I watched mankind destroy his own principles just for drugs. You may ask, Zeus, if it was so bad, why did you stay in it for 18 years? My answer would be in truth. I was as trapped as the next person. I was an addict. Yes, I was an addict to the lifestyle. You see, before being a drug dealer, I came from extreme poverty, homelessness, aloneness. I was short, fat, ugly, insignificant guy with extremely low self-esteem. When I sold drugs, it gave me money and ended my poverty and homelessness. It also gave me multiple skinny, beautiful women that boosted my ego and self-esteem. It also provided me with large groups of people that wished to be around me. The addicts worshipped me like peasants to a king. They offered me any and everything. The power, the control, and the money was so shocking, so mind-blowing. I was an addict to it because without drugs, I was just Bruce, a lonely, poor, homeless teen with no family or friends, a fat, ugly guy. With drugs, I was Zeus, the man. So yes, I was just as dependent on drugs as any addict. Without them, my life meant nothing. So me getting paralyzed, I must say, was the best thing that has ever happened in my life. It freed me from sexual addiction, criminal addiction, a drug lifestyle addiction, and led me to God where I found peace, love, stability, good friends, mercy, forgiveness, and so much more. After I changed my life, I declared a personal war on drugs. I swore one day I would expose the truth. And I would bring light into the darkness that enslaved me for so long. We have lost too many brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, children, friends, and, and citizens to the drug trade. The bodies of our loved ones litter the battlefield of the drug trade. Whether it be from homicide, suicide, international hot, I mean, intentional hotshots, or homicidal overdoses, suicidal overdoses, accidental overdoses, medical complications related to drug abuse, or wrecks related to drug abuse, and the list goes on. Regardless of the way they, they died, it is a tragic loss of lives that in, in the destruction of the American family. Drugs does not kill citizens, but it also drugs does not just kill citizens, but it also robs Americans of their wealth. The financial loss is staggering to say the least, and it leaves behind broken homes, broken families, broken lives, broken hearts, and all of them in poverty. Usually 
Families never recuperate their lives once the drug trade has destroyed it. The loss of a man's freedom and the separation from his family should be bad enough. People, whether we like it or not, we are at war. And I do not mean that metaphorically. I will no longer remain silent while my people die. Today I un unveil and expose this beast. When I set out on this journey, I discovered the deep, dark, secret truths. And I was shocked to find international, national, and local enemies, domestic enemies of America. I found out there were so many enemies working together from gangs, politicians, criminals, terrorists, drug lords, and even legal corporations that are based in the United States. I discovered a system of blood-sucking vampires that suck the blood of the uh, regular American family, of the average American family. Now, before I get to the facts of this case, let me say this. I do believe God, having a heart of mercy, created plants that can be used for healing medicine. Then he gave both he gave man both the intelligence and the means to chemically manufacture medications. So if a man is suffering, God already provided for him everything that he needs to end his suffering. In conclusion, if medicine is used or administrated as God intended it to be used, then there is no problem with it being used to me. We disobey God when we excessive or recreational use medications to cloud a man's judgment, to escape emotional situations. The main law that forbids this is the law of gluttony and the commandments given by Moses. However, the same law speaks about food gluttony, which causes heart disease, which is the number one killer in America. So if you don't see gluttony on food as bad, then gluttony on drugs is the same evil. I conclude my opening argument with this, judge not and ye be not judged. Now, here is the reality. Drugs has been here long before we were born. Drugs is here now. Making them illegal has not stopped them from coming into our country or being used. Whether we like it or not, I assure you, drugs is here to stay. And the sooner we accept that reality, the better off everyone will be. Because then we can work on, we can work on solutions for the problem. I now present Exhibit A. According to CBP data for the year of 2021, and you can look this up, from September to October, 11,200 pounds of, of fentanyl was seized at the border. Also, just at the internal mail inspection faculty for the same month, 5,400 pounds of heroin was seized. DEA Administrator Anna Milgram told ABC News all drugs are being laced with the deadly fentanyl that comes out of Mexico now. Furthermore, CBP officer seized 17,584 pounds of crystal meth. I'm not even going to go into cocaine or weed. You get the picture. Whatever amount they seized, at least five times of that amount, got in. So there's your evidence that regardless of the drug being illegal, it's still being imported, sold, consumed, and making it illegal stops nothing. But what does it cost America? Here is the price we pay to make possessing something illegal. Not including this, the billion spent on purchasing the actual drug by Americans. Per the USA Census of Government, a total of $115 billion 
in tax dollars now was spent in 2017 for law enforcement. A total of 127 billion tax dollars for the courts and correctional prisons was spent. That's a lot of money. <laughs> That's over what two two hundred forty billion dollars? It's crazy. Fifty five percent of that budget was used directly for policing to reduce drug possession. Fifty five percent of it. The federal government alone in twenty twenty one, just the federal government, not the state, for twenty twenty one spent forty point Four billion dollars. That's a B, people. On drugs, on drug enforcement. It costs the federal government alone, just the federal prisons, 3.3 billion per year or 9.2 million a day to house federal prisons, prisoners that are charged with drug charges. Just the drug charges. I have a ninth grade education. I'm not the smartest man in South Carolina, more or less America. But it would take a damn fool to, to believe the BS that, gov- that government is trying to stop drugs in America. Think about it. If I told you I'm going to give you $300 billion to stop something every year, and that amount would possibly increase every year, would you stop it or would you pretend like you were stopping it? You ain't got to tell nobody. That's just a question. If you stopped it, then the money would stop. So most people probably wouldn't stop it. Dishonest people, and most people are dishonest. Plus, here's the icing on the cake. The DEA alone, as of September the 10th, 2021, for that year of 2021, seized $137 billion from drug dealers. $137 billion they seized from drug dealers. DEA. You heard it. Difference amount comes up when you Google this stuff. But the lowest I've seen is Americans spent $3 billion on criminal defense cases for drug-related cases. Wow. So people and their family that are being charged with drugs spent $3 billion. Bail bonding companies made $1.3 billion. Wow. For drug-related offenses, $1.3 billion. Then add in hospitals, morgues, rehabs. Illegal drug trade is a big, 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 big business. It's bigger than, like, like that movie said, this is bigger than me. This is bigger than your small-time little drug drug dealer. Yeah, he ain't nothing. He's a He's a he's a shrimp in the ocean. It upsets me. It upsets me to have to know this and, and understand this. I understand it more more than the regular person. Like I've seen it, and to have been a vic- victim of it, and to play a part in it. So once you've done all that, it blows your mind when you when you study and you research all this, and you're like, wow. Like, is this for real? The Greenville News website by by Anna Lee, Nathaniel Carey, and Mike Ellis. This is for Greenville, South Carolina. They did an article about police departments in South Carolina making millions by seizing property from drug dealers. Millions. South Carolina made millions. You know I'm from South Carolina. That's the only reason why I'm putting this on this podcast right here. But South Carolina alone made millions by seizing our property. I assure you, both the rich is getting richer and the poor is getting poorer with the illegal drug trade. I'm not really here to to judge if the drugs is bad or good. I'm not here to judge that. But one thing I can promise you, the drug drug trade itself is pure evil. For argument's sake, I'll ask you this question. If I offered you crack, would you smoke it? If you said no, then if I told you, if it would make a difference, if I told you, 
it was legal. Would you then smoke it? So the reality is, making it legal or illegal is not what makes you smoke it. If you would smoke it, you would smoke it whether it was legal or illegal. That I can promise you. If you wouldn't smoke it, you wouldn't smoke it whether it was legal or illegal. You know how I know that? Because I wouldn't smoke it. Nope, sure wouldn't smoke meth. Hell no. I know what goes in there. I used to manufacture it. That's crazy. Uh-uh. Legal or illegal, it wouldn't matter to me. Um, did you know that all illegal drugs is already sold legally in America? So they, they, they say it's illegal. So people say, oh, it's bad because it's illegal, right? But here's what people don't understand. All the drugs they say are illegal is only partially illegal. If you don't believe me, here's the evidence. So I'm about to read to you the evidence as soon as I get my hand on it. One, written by the American Addiction Center editorial staff on January the 4th, 2022. Cocaine has multiple medical uses in hospitals. Mainly as an anesthetic for head and neck surgeries. Furthermore, in the 17 and 1800s, it was used directly for fatigue and depression. Second, we all know that heroin is sold and prescribed as a pain reliever in the pill form as oxycodone or Percocets, you know, or whatnot. Third, crystal meth is available in prescription as a desoxin. D-E-S-O-X-Y-N If you want to look it up D-E-S-O-X-Y-N To treat obesity and ADHD They're selling crystal meth <laughs> Prescribing let me, let me say what they would say Because it's still selling Prescribing crystal meth They're drug dealers Okay to combat ADHD and obesity, if you knew what crystal meth was, never mind. Just you know, that's just that's just crazy. And fitin, even fentanyl is also sold. In fact, I personally, before you know coming to uh, Patricia's, I was offered fentanyl by the doctor. <laughs> yeah, fentanyl patches is the thing that's killing everybody. Yep. Yep, it was, it was offered to me by the doctors. So I have bullets all in my body. So the illegal drugs is legal depending on who possesses them. That's what makes it illegal. It ain't that it's illegal, no. Do you have a prescription to possess? Sorry, people, I had to drink some water. Do you have a prescription to possess? Are you a doctor? Have you paid your dues? In other words, have you paid your dues and can I tax you for it? That's that's basically what makes it illegal or legal. Have you paid in to go to college? Have you paid in to go to college to be a doctor or, or dentist or what have you not? Have you paid in the dues to uh, get your certificates, you know, your license to practice as a doctor? Have you are you allowed to tax people? Are you allowed to sell this medicine so it can be taxed? And if not, guess what? You're an illegal drug dealer. So the illegal drug, as I said, depending on who possesses them. So what makes them bad if that's not what makes it bad? If not, if it not being legal or illegal makes it bad, if the legal or illegal part don't make it bad, then what makes it bad? If you say addiction, if it's the addiction part, well, I can agree partly, but the reality is one, whether legal or illegal, the attic is still there. So if you say it's, it's addiction, but you're okay with legal drugs, but not illegal drugs, then actually addiction didn't matter to you because whether legal or illegal, the addiction is still there. Furthermore, people are addicts to food and sex. Yeah. Food and sex addiction is just as destructive to a person. Food addictions becomes obesity and causes heart disease, which is the number one killer in the U.S. It, out, it, it, 
It kills more people than drugs. So it, food addiction is worse. And sex addiction has spread sexual diseases throughout the United States and the world. But do we have laws that make it illegal for them to possess food or to possess the body parts? Or we ain't going around saying, hey, let's chop that thing off. We ain't doing none of that. We don't have them. So the, the thing is, they're addicts. It's real. Their addiction is as real and as deadly as drugs because it causes the number one killer in America, heart disease. But we're not saying it's illegal to possess a certain amount of stakes for these people over here. And I'm just, I'm just, you know, you don't have to agree with me. I'm just saying what's, what's, what's the reality here. Look at AIDS, man. Look how they spread AIDS having sex. We didn't go around saying, hey, it's illegal for you to possess that because, you know, you, you, you're you spreading these diseases to people. We're not around here doing that. So again, what makes the drug bad? If it's not the addiction, really, if it's not the illegal or legalness, what makes it bad? I believe it is the man manufactured laws of making something illegal to possess. Now bear with me, y'all, because I know some of y'all are probably like, oh, Zeus, but bear with me. You'll understand what I'm about to say. Most people believe laws against possessing a drug is needed because the tr drug itself makes people crazy and forces them to commit violent crimes. But this is untrue. I can prove to you that actually the laws created is what makes the drug more dangerous and puts us all at risk to becoming a victim of crime. Now, what I'm about to say is going to blow your mind. So just bear with me. Just bear with me. You see, the laws making something illegal to possess does not protect you. It doesn't protect you. It doesn't stop anything. It doesn't even stop a crime being committed against you by a drug addict. It doesn't protect you. But what it does do, it creates a system that drives up the market value of a product already in existence. Let me explain it from a personal experience. When I manufactured meth from 2000 and 2000, 2003 to 2017, when I first started off in 2003, I started doing this you know, thing called shaking bait. Now, back then it would cost me a hundred dollars to make twenty-eight grams. Now, shaking bake is a form of making meth in a in a, in a, in a two-liter bottle. Now, back in two thousand and three, a gram of meth was a hundred dollars, so I could make twenty-eight hundred dollars off a hundred dollars. Crazy. An addict can get high. For a whole week off an ounce. For 28 grams, an addict can get weak. I have for a whole week. Easy. So let me ask you this. Can you afford $100 a week? Now let me ask you this. Because most Americans can afford $100 a week. But can you afford $2,800 a week? Now you see the difference there? Most Americans can't afford $2,800 a week on a drug habit. Now, at $2,800 a week, most people can afford it. So when I, so, so when, uh, most, most people can, Amer can afford it. I, I can't afford it. I, uh, I'm sorry, people. Let me slow down. But if all you need is $400 a month to maintain your drug act, addiction, well, you can get a job and panhandle for that. But there's no need to prostitute or rob. So what I'm trying to say here is that if, if you got a drug problem, okay, and it only costs $100 to support that drug, well, you can afford it. But if you, it costs $2,800, people. You're not going to be able to afford that. And if it's, it's, if it's addiction, 
then you're going to be forced to do things that you're not normally going to do. So it ain't the actual drug that's causing causing them to do it. It's the system that has ran up the market value to make it unaffordable for them to do it without crime. So they actually have to go out, rob people or prostitute or do stupid stuff to support their drug habit. If they didn't have to do that, they could easily go get a job for 400 a month and use their dope. You see what I'm saying? I'm not saying that it's right or that it's wrong. I'm only saying that the system makes it worse. The system that we have put in place makes it way worse. Okay. By making it illegal to possess, you manufacture a crime or evilness that never existed. If we would eliminate this one law that makes something illegal to possess, then 50% of the crime would end and 70% of the illegal drug trade would collapse. You see, the drug lords and all them, they are dependent on these laws. They are dependent on the laws to keep that, that price value, that market value at extreme high. You take away possession laws and it crushes the market value of that drug because it's no longer a risk for me to have. Now, I'm not saying make selling or manufacturing it legal. I'm just saying possessing something should not be illegal. The system we created survives on exploiting the citizens of the United States of America. Because I want to tell you something. The person that's trafficking drugs that is driving down the street with a pound of coke in his trunk. He's not facing possession charges. He's he's facing trafficking charges. If you got more than an ounce, you ain't no longer facing possession charges. You're facing trafficking charges. You understand what I'm saying? So the person that's got... You know, a little bit of dope. They're just oh, probably the working class or the homeless guy or somebody that is of no significance in the drug world. They're just trying to get high to escape or whatever, whatever the reason is. And by them doing by them creating this law, it it creates a vast lockup, a fast, a vast system that can harass, detain, lock up. And, and bleed the people of money. The average man. The possession law only targets it. It does not target big time drug dealers at all. It only targets the average man. The average Joe. If you go to www.tpoftampy.com you will see countries that have decriminalized drugs. The rate of addiction, overdoses, and AIDS did not increase, not even by 1%. This is proven. This is factual. We already have countries in Europe that has tried this, and it works. Two, drug addicts were more likely to find rehabs and less likely to end up in jail and run their lives. Think about that. We got other countries that have set examples and America's not following people. They have set examples and the example shows that drugs didn't increase. People that didn't use drugs didn't all of a sudden say, oh, drugs are legal. We're going to go get high today. Nah, that didn't happen. Most people believe laws against... Oh, I didn't read that. Sorry. All I'm saying... Is here, here is that if we think about it, look at the facts, we can come up with a better solution. I'm not saying do what the other countries did. I'm just saying let's all get together and let's talk about it. I'm not even saying I'm 100% right on everything. I'm just talking about this because there's always room for improvement on a topic like this. 
There's always room for a good debate. There's always room. Okay, maybe you didn't agree with half the stuff I said. There got to be something in there you agreed with. We don't have to agree on every detail. As long as we are willing to sit down at the table and start working it out. Here's why. One, not all drug addicts are battling real addictions. Some are self-medicating. They have mental or physical disabilities and are trying to and are trying to treat themselves as a drug dealer i've seen many mental health patients come by drugs and i also seen many people with physical health issues come and buy drugs for pain relief two your local drug dealer usually is trying to escape poverty usually has family members that he's selling to he's selling to his own family and they never keep what they have. You've never seen a drug dealer keep what he has for more than 10 years. Not a local drug dealer. He enjoys it for a small t- frame of time. Then the police come, scoop in, take everything. And then he pays the ultimate price with his life, with his freedom for multiple years. His family suffers behind it. And it's sad that he's selfish like that to do that. But he is also a victim of the system. The government takes it all while everybody else loses their lives. Three, the judicial system and the government, they're not always right. I witnessed them lock my best friend up, Robert Jackson, an 80 plus year old man, half blind, no legs. For the next 26 years, they locked him up. You know what they locked him up for? Four grams of heroin. That's not justice. That's cruel. That's evilness. Four. Who is the true victim here? Addicts? Or the government? Who's the true victim? I believe it's the addict. Because they lose everything. From their freedom to their money to their children. Even their lives. Five. If you think addiction is a choice it's not no one wakes up in the morning and says oh I'm going to be a junkie today nobody does that take a fool to believe that people make mistakes they do bad choices and then they can't turn back because they're trapped the destruction of the American family is what's at stake here this is why it's important that we sit down and figure out something to do with drug addiction drug rehabs do not really help individuals that probably just blew your mind because you know Zeus is always talking about starting a drug rehab but the drug rehab that I want to start is completely different people it's completely different than than the drug rehabs we have today you know I want to start something different I really do. I have a lot of a lot of uh, ideas. If somebody out there is wanting to finance this, maybe you're willing to get. Maybe you got a, a a place you're not using. Maybe you got a place you're not using. If you got a house or a place out there, God is speaking to you right now. I, I really do believe this. If you got a place out there that you're not using, a building, a a shed, whatever it is. And we can set it up as a drug rehab. I'll I'll figure out a way to get everything else to run it. But I want to create a rehab that's totally different than anything that has ever been created before it. I think I have the solution. I may be wrong, I may be right, but I am convinced that I have the solution. So the next part of this is <laughs> is going to be real deep and I want you to hold on to your britches the deepest darkest secrets that I discovered is the fact that the illegal drug trade has America's international enemies involved in it it shouldn't be to no one's surprise after seeing how our own government has created a system to rob cheat and destroy our own people In the book titled, The Man Who Declared War on America by Yusuf Bonansky. People, this book is amazing. I read it in prison. It is is mind-blowing. 
But this dude was the former director of the Congressional Task Force of Terrorism. He provides a full account of the rise of Osama bin Laden and exposes the fact that Osama bin Laden was the most powerful heroin dealer in the world. 85% of the money made off that heroin was made from America and actually funded Al-Qaeda through illegal... We actually funded Al-Qaeda through illegal drugs. It's mind-blowing. He puts together everything. He shows you everything, all the facts and all that. I ain't going to get into all that. Again, that book is called The Man Who Declared War on America by Yusuf Y-O-S-S-E-F Badansky B-O-D-A-N-S-K-Y You really need to get that book. Another book that I, you know, I didn't read all of it, but I read some of it. It's called Fitnall Ethnic. Fitnall Ethnic. Okay. And it's by Ben Wethoff. That's B-E-N-W-E-T-H-O-F-F. Now, <clears throat> this is a, this book is based on a nine-year investigation on the China slash American illegal drug trade. People, I need to get some water. It's crazy. The book is crazy. But you're going to love it, you know. The book, this other book called The Politics of Heroin. Okay, you got to get it. Do I understand all the stuff I'm talking about here? You got to get the book called The Politics of Heroin by Alfred McCoy. And he talks about how the CIA sold us out to Islamic governments. Can you believe that? Islamic government sold the Christian country out to Islamic governments. Yep, sure did. You know, it's sad. All of them were bad. You know, all the ones I just told you about, from China to Islamic governments to Al-Qaeda. Oh, that was bad. You know, that was crazy. All of them were bad, but worst of all is how America worked with countries in the sellout of America. For example, one of the best books I've ever read in prison was titled The Big White Lie. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I really, really urge you to get this book. It was wrote by a DEA agent, Michael Levini. Oh, man, he's bad. That joke was bad. That's a cop I would actually like. You know, <laughs> I would actually like him. He, he, was, he was bad joke. He exposes the truths about America's crack and coke epidemic. He gives evidence and facts on how America allowed drugs to be sent and sold in the United States of America to our citizens on the grounds that the CIA got the drug lords to agree to make their own countries a democracy. This man had over 3,000 international arrests under his belt. 3,000. He locked up some of the biggest drug dealers in history. And he lost his own brother to drug addiction. The last book you should read is called The Narco History by Arthur Carmen, C-A-R-M-E-N, Belusa, B-O-U-L-L-O-S-A. In this book, it shows how North America Free Trade Agreement is directly responsible for the drug epidemic. Now, people, the stuff I just told you. It's mind-blowing. And unless we unite today or here soon, they're going to destroy us. You know, they're going to destroy us. And I really do believe that there's this program that Patricia always talks about. It's called The Hundreds. And what The Hundreds does is it unites communities. It unites the people in the community. With this program, we can eradicate drug use. We can uh, monitor each other and help each other grow not only in our faith, but we can also help each other grow as people. 
showing love to your neighbor, making sure your neighbor has food, clothes, electricity, heat and air. The hundreds program that Patricia wishes to start, I urge everybody to put your hand in that, to get your hand in that, to do what she's asking you to do. Now, this last thing I'm about to tell you about is called Abu Guinea. Now, Abu Guinea, Abu Guinea is a a cure for drugs. I know that's going to blow your mind. And just so you can look it up, it's I-B-O- G-A-I-N-E. Some people pronounce it as Abu Gang. Some people pronounce it as Abu Guinea. Anyway, this medicine is the cure. I believe it is the answer. But guess what? It's a one-time use. You use it one time, and it takes you off heroin, meth, or cocaine. You heard me right. Now, you probably didn't hear about this. You probably didn't hear it. And the reason why you didn't hear about it is because it's a one-time pill. It's a one-time thing. You're going to do it one time, and it's not, it's, something, it's not something that's of repetitive use. So, Big Pharma has no interest in it. And legislation has made it illegal for us to obtain in the United States. However, South America and Mexico has it legal in their country. And they use it, and it has a 80% success rate. You heard that right. It has an 80% success rate, um, rate of taking people off heroin and fixing their drug addiction. Rich people are known secretly to send their people, their children and stuff, to Mexico to get them off drugs. There's plenty of this on, on, on the internet. You can, you can read about it. Um, it is, it's one of the most beautiful things I have read. And it gave me hope for a lot of my friends. Abu Gang. Yeah, I really do believe in this. And I haven't personally had an experience with it or seen anything, but just everything that I've read about it, everything I've studied about it for the past couple of years, it, is, it really works. And there's back-to-back um, evidence, people that have came off drugs. If you go online and you look it up, just type in I-B-O-G-A-I-N. This is something we really need to be, we really need to know about this. We really need to be aware about this. We really need to question why won't America allow it to be tested over here? Why? And I'll tell you why. There's no money to be made. It call, it's, it's better to keep the people on drugs. Look how much money is being made. Billions, hundreds of billions of dollars is being made. Why, why do a cure? That's a one-time, that's a one-time thing. They don't want that. I end this episode with saying to all the people that I've hurt over the years with drugs, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for selling you drugs. I'm sorry for my part that I played into helping people get high, you know. Recreational use and uh, and some of them, you know, I didn't help. They, they was really suffering from serious issues, but some of them, you know, I knew was using it. And I had a friend named Lil D. I gave him some heroin, and uh, he died. You know, he died. I watched him die, and it's it's real sad. It's real sad, and I'll never forget because he asked me for help and I, I was too scared to, to go to the police. I was too scared to help people. You understand? You know, if you, if you tell, like if I was to say his real name on here, the police would come and lock me up now. You see what I'm saying? Because I left a man to die, you know? And I'm sorry about that. I apologize. Nothing can take that back, okay? I just wanted to put that out there. You know, that, that to everybody that I've had a hand in, Affecting with this My part that I played Because we all play a part Whether we know it or not I knew the part I was playing And I apologize Um, I would also like to say To some degree today I'm an addict 
Um, for many years, I never was an addict. But when I got paralyzed and I got gunned down, I've now come to the realization that I'm an addict to pain medications. That I don't, and I have a real underlying issue. I'm paralyzed and I got bullets in my spine. But at the same time, you know, and I get prescribed, it's legal for me. I get prescribed illegal. I don't do nothing illegal. But the point is, I can't function without it. Without it, I, I, I felt the withdrawals. I felt what it's like to live with an addiction. And God, God humbled me. God humbled me. You know? At one time, I thought that I was this big guy that was looking down on the attic and, 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 and not understanding their suffering. And I was looking down on them. I was this big guy that was just, you know, I'm better than them. You know? And I'm sorry. And, uh, so, we're doing a lot of things here. Um, of course, I got the podcast going. We're also doing the the uh, the disability houses where we're renting out rooms for disabled people, and we're trying to make sure they got everything they need. A lot of the like the rent money is one thing, but people really disabled people can't really afford all the stuff they need. So, with that being said, if if anybody wants to donate or help us with, with creating these homes for disabled people. If there's furniture you can give, clothes you can give, money you can give, a service. Maybe you can come out here and dig and help us build this place up. If there's something you can offer, please contact Patricia or myself. Please go on the Facebook groups or, or you can go to Hillcrest Church. You can contact Hillcrest Church. You know, just... Help us out. Um, you know, I'm also wanting to start a rehab. So if, if you can do anything to help out with that, you know, if you feel like you want to help out with any of these projects, you know, please give us a contact. We're, we're always searching for more people to help us, more funding. You know, I know that everybody wants to beg for money in this world, but funding is one of the things that, that, that we lack, you know. And any project, it costs us. It costs us money. And I hate to ask anybody for money. That's not my style. <laughs> that's why I used to tell people that's not my style. Uh, anyway, but yeah. Anyway, um, I love you. I love you all. Remember, God loves you regardless. If man loves you or not. And uh, I guess I'll see you next time.